and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Uh, we're coming to you after Wolves got de- defanged, declawed, had all their teeth ripped out and get smashed 4-0 by the Mighty Reds. And to bask in the glory of the world and Premier League champions, um, I've got Jay Reid in Liverpool. Jay, happy man. Very happy man, mate. That, that's, that's more like it, isn't it? You know, uh, the fans are back. Cases back. Trent's back. The keeper's back. Everyone's <laughs> back. Well, you know, that, that, that's just what you want on a Sunday night. A few beers, watch the football, comfortable win, feet up. Um, couldn't maybe ask for any more, really, could we? No, and Everton draw away to Burnley, so they're back too. Uh, you know what? I'm off work till Thursday, so I can't even go in and banter them tomorrow. Ah, <sighs> oh, don't worry, don't worry. But I'll, be, I'll be in on Thursday, don't worry, I won't forget it. Listen, you'll have plenty of opportunities over the season. These are not go- these are not going to be few and far between, mate, so don't worry. Um, not even Ancelotti's eyebrow is going to be able to save them from their own, self-depre- <laughs> their own self-deprecation. Um, I've also got Neil Patterson out in Berlin, Chief. How are we? Yes, yes, very well. I have to say, um, yeah, happy to watch a, a game which was much, much more yeah, relaxed than than uh, I anticipated. I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of other people did. So looking forward to getting into this and um, yeah, back to being joined top of the league and a few fans back in as well. We made a lot of noise, which was nice. So plenty to plenty to chat over. Yeah, so Chief, let's just get into it then. The fans were back, 2,000 fans, all sat in the cop. Um, it made a difference. I think, you know, Klopp mentioned it made a difference. Um, Wijnaldum mentioned the excitement coming out um, before uh, before kickoff when they were they were warming up. And, you know, I think one can only say that it, it really did have a positive impact on our performance. Um, and, you know, that was borne out in the, the three goals scored in the second half and the absolute dominance playing towards the cop end. Yeah, I mean, I think we've discussed it before, certainly mentioned it before, that there's been an element of the intensity perhaps lacking in certain games <clears throat> since, um, since the advent of playing behind closed doors. And I think... It's fair to say that there's almost been an, an element of, of you know, there's there there've been the, the words training games have been mentioned at times, and I think even with the minimal number of fans that were allowed in tonight, I think we saw that completely change that that dynamic completely flip. I think we saw them put on a show for the fans. I think we saw them play for the fans. I think we definitely heard the fans engage and celebrate with the Premier League and World Champions for the first time since they've become Premier League champions. Um, so the 2000 in there got to, got to sing their heart out and made themselves heard. And, you know, it was a massive difference because obviously we've been used to watching games with fake crowd noise now. And this was the first time. I mean, last night I watched the United game, well, parts of it. Uh, where they, I think, had a couple of thousand in at the London Stadium, um, but you couldn't, you couldn't really hear much. Uh, it was almost like just hearing the um, the um, original noise with, with no with no uh, no fans and no pumped in crowd noise. I mean, you could hear a little bit here and there, but not much. 
Whereas tonight you could really hear it. You could hear the songs. You could hear, I mean, reference before the Bobby Firmino song ringing round. Um, Jeannie Wijnaldum song chant ringing round. And, and plenty of, plenty more besides. And you, you could really hear them. Obviously, you'll never walk alone being belted out at the start and, and at the end. And, you know, it really, you know, it's something you took for granted almost before because you had it every week or every second week. And... You know, you, it was just a staple. It was there, and and all of a sudden it wasn't. And to hear it again was was amazing. Um, and I know it's only a small step, and we shouldn't we shouldn't. Uh, you know, it's it's really only the first the first. You know, um, what would you say increment on on the way to the first phase? Yeah. Well, if that, yeah, but but very very small on the way back to normality but but it was certainly worth it and it was certainly noticeable it was certainly welcome and um the reds performed for them and it was a top quality performance it looked as if it was going to be um certainly before the game going into it i think we all felt uh it was going to be a tough game obviously wolves had their issue with with jimenez who's been massive for them and it was a horrific injury by all accounts and we wish him well um but um, you don't expect to roll Wolves over 4-0, and maybe they were suffering for that. But it was a consummate performance in front of the 2,000 fans that were there. And, um, yeah, long may long may continue. More fans back in, please, and more performances like that, please. Yeah, Jay, it did. It, it, even for us sitting watching the TV, it, it, it gave an extra level of excitement, um, knowing that fans were there. Um, knowing that you were going to get that engagement to see Klopp give us three fist bumps at the end of the game to the cop was, you know, was greeted with more delight and more raucous um, engagement than than had it been the 17,000 in there. And, you know, as Chief says, it's only 2,000, but fuck, it makes such a difference, even for even for the, the, the television spectacle, doesn't it? Yeah, even just... The, the reaction of instance in the game and that instant live reaction rather than the fake crowd yeah, not noise. like that yeah not like the accidental it's a golden score and then quickly yeah. change to the oh <laughs> yeah just it, like I I was I was mixed on the on the crowd noise like I think it, it depends on your circumstance and as a, as a lad who goes to game most most weeks when we're allowed um, having the crowd noise there did actually help a little bit rather than sound like they were playing in a five-a-side game in, in a hall. Um, and then some people do like the fact that there's no crowd noise and you can hear the shouts that go on the sidelines, the shouts of players on the pitch. So it all depends on your personal preference, but as nothing can take away from that that raw noise of of fans in, in the stadium. It, it's It's something else and I think we've all been the game and lived and felt that, and it it's what makes football football, and you, you can't put a price on that. So those people who were lucky enough to go tonight, then I hope they they enjoyed it as much as we did at home. Um, you know, as as Neil said, it was it's it's hopefully a sign of things to come. We can get more back in, and it'll only get better the more people we get in there, but. I think maybe maybe that just might have been what was the edge with us tonight that the players walked out with 
you know, feeling four to five inches taller with the chest pumped a bit more and having having the crowd there. And I, I got like that n- nervous, tingly feeling just before the game when you're there, you never walk alone and like the shouts of come on and it, it just felt felt more real and I'm sure that, that was probably had an impact on, on the lads. But yeah, it's just, it's just a nice feeling to feel like football is becoming football because as, as we've said in the past few weeks, it's not feeling like football anymore. No, um, it, it's it's certainly for me made a difference and, you know, just the, the spontaneity um, of the fan engagement and people say football's not about fans and it's not. And yeah, it, it's, it's, I think it was really informative and interesting hearing players communicate with each other on the pitch um, hearing Jordan Henderson, James Milner and, and having a real insight into the leadership that's required um, for a high level team to perform every single week um, and also just becoming a bit more aware of the influence that those guys have on the pitch but you know that novelty wears off fairly quickly and it's just it's a lot better um, to get back to Something resembling normality, I think. Was it not just good to hear fans singing songs about players rather than the general three or four crowd chants that Sky, BT, whoever have had, whoever we've been watching the game through, just have the fans react to players. Like, hear the Jeannie Wijnaldum song, hear the Bobby Firmino song, hear Salah Mane, you know, all, all these lads get their own songs. It was just nice to... So we had that rather than the general consensus song that we've had for the last six months or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's where we are probably affected more so than, than most other sides because there's not, not a lot of teams that have that sort of, not a lot of clubs and fan bases that have that sort of player engagement um, and creativity and authenticity that, that the Liverpool fans do. But tonight it was back, Chief, and... Um, the Reds were back, and it was it was more a, a certainly a more familiar lineup than we'd seen with all the injuries, and I think we were probably probably aided by the fact that, as you say, Jimenez is, is missing with the, the horrific fractured skull, and you're absolutely right. We do we do wish him all the best because it's a horrible, horrible, horrible injury, but they are going to take a while to work out how to play without him, and and their game and their their system, he's integral to it. Um, and they actually didn't play with the centre forward tonight, which I thought made it a bit more difficult for us in the first half because essentially there were more bodies behind the ball and we had to work a lot harder to try and fashion chances in the first half. But the goal came from an error and Salah just... Salah just continues to go under the radar in regards to what a special player he is. He gambles there, you know. There's there's ninety nine percent of other forwards would just assume that Cody's going to head that away, and he doesn't. He just makes the run in behind just on the off chance that something happens. His first touch is brilliant. His finish is unerring and clinical. And I think it's probably the only chance that he has in in the game. And he fucking gobbles it up and gets us on our way. He's lethal. He's absolutely lethal, and he is driven particularly this season. He's not leaving this season without the without the golden boot. I think that's clear. 
Um, and if you're if you're going to beat him, you're going to have to score 30 goals because he's going to score in every game, every chance he gets. He's very unlucky not to score against Brighton. He has the ball in the back of the net, and I think we can all agree it's a very, very marginal offside. And he gets pulled on 60 as well, or 65, and he's not happy about that one bit. Yeah, you can see how driven he is to get the goals there and there, and that's just it's, that it's in a nutshell, isn't it? Absolutely, and that, that's just good for us. Make no mistake, he he's a fantastic player, and he'll suffer because he's not, well, he is what he is, rather than he's not what he's not, shall we say, but he will suffer playing in the country that he, that he plays in for being what he is. But, and, and that will obviously affect the recognition that he gets, but he also suffers from the fact that he had an absolutely fabulous season, and then he sort of dropped. Well, off. let's say let's let's call let's call it what it is—a a record-breaking season in every well, yeah. sense of the word. Completely stratospheric in terms of the Premier League stuff that stuff that has been done, but only by Messi and Ronaldo in in La Liga, and uh, not replicated in the Premier League. I mean he. He changed the changed well raised the bar completely and changed the the conversation about what makes a good striker. Gone are the days where one and two is regarded as good enough now for the top strikers even in the Premier League and and Salah's the one in our league that made that made that change. Um, but having said that, he, he then dropped off slightly and he suffered because of that. It's one of them. Well, he's not that good anymore. It's not that good anymore. And as you say now. Somehow he's sort of under the radar. He's some somehow underrated, which is mental because he's absolutely fucking amazing. Um, so yeah, he's gonna be there. He's gonna be there, about. He's gonna score twenty-eight to you know thirty goals this season in the league, and God knows what he'll return in all competitions. He's lethal. His touch is awesome. He's getting assists, assist after assist as well. It's a brilliant ball for Matt Hibbs' goal. Um, he's involved in everything good that we do. And I think he's a man possessed this season. As I said, I, I think he's, he's more driven than ever um, and more determined than ever to show how good he is. So, um, so yeah, just very, very glad to have him and amazing that he's on the street that he's on and, and in the mood that he's in. And again, pity the fools that, that get in his way. Um, but it's a consummate performance. He sets us on our way, and, and we just go from strength to strength from there. We don't look back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first half, KGTA. Um, I think both teams are very aware of each other in the counter attack. I think, I think you know, it goes another thing that goes under the radar is our ability to nullify opposition counter attacks. We're so good at it. Um, the midfield three, I thought, were absolutely superb. And it was a game. There's, there's games that just bypass the midfield because teams now play so direct. Um, it's, it's balls from centre halves and in the front players and into space. And, um, you know, Robertson plays that, that ball to Manny all the time. Um, and the, the midfield gets bypassed. But that very much was a game for the midfield tonight. And Henderson and Alden, and particularly Jones. Jones looks like he's played there. I think Chief mentioned the pre-party. It, it looks like he's been playing there for years. Um, and we, ex- we expect this this talismanic maverick player 
Um, that's what we that's what we thought we had. But actually, what we've got is a really smart all round footballer that can do everything the manager's asking of him. Yeah, we just have to have a look at the, the roles he's played in the last three games. He was right back against Brighton, and he was sort of the advanced one of the three in midweek. Um, then tonight he's played a much more disciplined role. I think he was. He's doing Ronaldo's role tonight, essentially. Yeah, he isn't was, he? Well, the three of them swapped in terms of like Wijnaldum and Henderson swapped quite a lot between who was playing the six, and then Jones was then swapped from left to right on multiple occasions, and he showed a lot of discipline to hold position and protect his fullback. And you know, he's obviously learning, and there's more strings to his bow. I think when you first seen him break into the team, you would have said he was maybe. A ten or someone who could hundred percent come from the come from a wide position. Maybe like when when we seen Steven Gerrard play that wide right role in I think it was the Rafa Benitez time, and he was playing off the right, but he wasn't a right winger. He wasn't a at number. He was just sort of roaming, and you know you would have thought maybe that was Jones from the left, but he's got he's got a lot of quality, and for nineteen years of age, like the world was oyster and. I don't think anyone expected him to play such a role this season as he has, but he just looks so comfortable in there. And I, I don't want I don't want to say this that could that could happen, but there's a lot of fears over Ginny's contract, and we're going to get into that later on. But maybe it's just that Klopp knows, well, we've got this lad ready made, and I I I don't I don't want to, I don't want Ginny to go, but maybe he just sees him that that's the next one off the conveyor belt. Well, yeah, and I think the there's just a little there's a little bit of skill. Um, is it, is the game that he plays and his performance is it's understated if you like, and it's imp- impressive um, as it is understated. But for for the last goal, he just drops the shoulder, beats a man, finds a little bit of space by ducking towards the right-hand side, and then plays a lovely bent ball out to Trent, and it's one of those lovely passes that's into someone's path. It invites the run, it invites them oh, forward. Yeah, it just you know, it, it tells him what to do with the ball. Exactly, you know, um, and then Trent does what Trent does. He puts in a world-class ball, and, and the, the only result is it ends up in the net, and, and that's, what, that's what you get from him as well. And you saw a similar sort of pass, um, when he, he found a little bit of space and sent Salah away, away, away at Atalanta too. So, you know, he, he's all all kinds of all kinds of tricks in his locker. Um, it could just be the fact that I'm a local lad, but he's got that that scouse arrogance on the pitch that he the fan plays connect with him. Like we all love Trent, but there's just something about the way Curtis Jones plays with that arrogance of what you just sort of expect from a scouse lad and I think if you've been around the city you've you've visited the city you grew up in the city you just know exactly what that is and Trent's a bit more cultured and you can just tell by the way the two lads speak that Curtis is a lot more of your your lad's lad let's call him a bit more streetwise (laughs) yeah for want of a better term yeah that's that's the term I'm after but I, I think people can connect exactly with him and they, they know exactly what, what he's trying to do. He's what, he's what, want to he's be what you lads... Yeah, he's what you lads would call a bit of a scally. Yeah, he's... he's yeah, in a nice way. Yeah, 
totally. But he, he's just he's just a lad, uh, and Trent's a bit more of like a cultured. Trent, yeah, Trent's a lad that you you want your daughter to bring home. Yeah. Curtis Jones is not the lad you want your daughter to bring home. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, um, I think we have a real talent on our hands there, Chief. But I think there was a load of really impressive performances out there tonight. I think Mane um, looks as though he's getting back to his best. But I think that left-hand side worked really well tonight. And Robertson again. Robertson just, and a bit like Wijnaldum, ever-present in the side, performance levels always of the fucking highest quality and again tonight he's just brilliant he completely nullifies Triori you know so much so that in the second half he says to Triori I went out and have a go at that little uh, young Welsh fella down there who's already on a yellow card he doesn't get much change out of him either while he's on the pitch just while we're here but Roberts's performance again is just he's just so good. He's so good, Chief. Yeah, well I think uh Amazon put up a a stat box on Robo this season. I think he's first in the league in just about everything. Number of touches, number of chances created, number of assists from fullback. He's just he's top top of, of all the charts and um, a number of minutes, I think, as well, as you said there. So, I mean, he's, he's you know, he's, he's, he's another one that because he's so good and so consistent, he often doesn't get that much praise. Um, but he's top, top quality again. It's interesting what you say about Mane. Yeah, you could see signs that he is coming back to something like his best, but he's still off. Yeah, he's still off in front of the goal. He's lucky that that your man scores that OG tonight because Mane manages not to finish it. And um, there's another. He could actually have a hat. He could, he could actually have a hat trick tonight, Mane. Yeah, he's he's poor in front of the goal. There's there's no getting away from it tonight. He's poor in front of the goal. His touch isn't there, but he ends up getting away. His movement's good, and his link up play's not bad. And I know what you mean because he's been off. Last few and come on, he's been the one that's been playing every week, never getting a rest, and you can forgive him that, and that's why no one's on his case or or, or worried in any way. But I don't think it's quite there for him. But Andy Robbo's bang on, absolutely bang on. Um, and I don't know what it is about him. I think it's his mentality more than anything else that he just lives and breathes what we're doing at the moment and embodies it and. You saw when he had to patch himself up against, uh, was it in the Ajax game? Where he has to patch himself yeah. up? Yep. And everyone's worried that he's maybe going to go off and he has just goes on as a storm of the next 70 minutes. Just absolutely pisses it. And, uh, you know, again today, he's one of the best players on the pitch. He top quality, he, he, you know, you, you can't say enough about him. You really can't, and you can't believe you picked him up for eight million from Hull, and you know <laughs> he, he was playing in the Scottish fucking third division five years ago and whatever. Who, who would believe that? Yeah, um, and that and that back four chief, you know, he's he's the one out of that well back five. Let's call it, he's the one of that back five who has been ever present, and I think that I think that matter Fabinho partnership. That's our tenth centre back partnership this season. Mm. Our ten, is that, that the maddest stat I've ever heard in my life. 
Um, but, you know, before Van Dyke goes out up to the Derby, we concede 15 in seven games. And I know we can, we can throw the people and say, oh, the Villa, the Villa game. If you want to remove that, it's still eight goals in six. You know, that's, that's over a goal a game. That's not us at all. And since we've had to adapt from Van Dyke's injury, it's, it's six goals in 11. Two of those are penalties. So it's four goals in 11 in, in, in open play. That's, that's just about, you know, 0.4 goals a game. Yeah. And you can scratch two of those against Atalanta with a patch-up team. So defensively, I heard someone mention the other day, you know, Liverpool's, Liverpool's weaknesses to their defence, and I'm actually okay. I'm okay with people thinking that because if we look at yeah. it now, it's at the minute it's actually not, is it? Not at all. And you can say that. I mean, is it um, is it Jay stat that uh, I'm going to nick it, Jay? That uh, Fabinho is still is still how dare you? He's still not conceded a goal um, at centre back when when he's played centre back from open play. Um, conceded one penalty, I think, and probably the one penalty he he gave away. Maybe yeah, that would be Sheffield United game. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean that's it. There a, a lot a lot's been made of the Van Dijk injury, and, and rightly so. And of course, pundits are going to jump on it because. They're desperate for some kind of competition this year because we absolutely. I don't even think it's that chief. I think it's I think it's the best ever team the Premier League's ever seen, um, and and they desperately want to you know to have competition this year and to, and to make it seem more more fraught and more tense. But um, as you rightly say, we hadn't been defending that well with Virgin the team for some reason. Uh, for for some time, since the since probably the first lockdown, there've been question marks, um, and with in the I don't know whether whether it's the focus that gets put on to a, a defensive unit when when you lose your best guy when when you lose your top guy or you start to lose more and more players whatever it is you tighten up you tighten up but we. Um, we looked, we looked sound there. We looked solid there. Even when, even when you have to bring in a, a Nat Phillips or a, a Reese Williams here and there, we've managed. Um, Matip and Fabinho looks really solid there. As you say, Andy Robb has been a constant, and that's been very helpful because at least we've had one. Trent's back now, which is important. But Nico's been good the last few games. Um, I think he only got hooked tonight when he did because he, he had that yellow card. I think Jurgen Klopp references it in his post-match interview. It was nailed on anyway. I'm surprised he actually lasted that long, having picked up the yellow on the sec- in, the, in the second minute. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It's it's good that other teams would, would think and that our weakness is in defence. And I suppose looking at our, our team and the injuries... It kind of is, but if that's our weakness, then I think we're all right. Yeah, I think I think the boys are doing all right. Um, Jay, that that uh, that's actually starting to look like a really good partnership, and I think you know more so than anything else, partnerships are important all over the pitch, but more so than anywhere than uh, at centre half. And Manif and Benio seem to work quite well together. Um, they've got a bit of an understanding. Um, it was great to see, 
great to see Matt get his goal. He's a fucking mental. He's mental, isn't he? He's, he's, a, he's, he's the funniest guy I've seen. Oh, on pitch. I thought he was going to cartwheel into the cop whenever he scored that goal um, to make it 3-0. But really good all round. And as, as Chief says, I think Williams does quite well. I was really concerned for him um, after the yellow. But he manages excellently, given that, you know, he's up against Neto, who I think is is good. I think he's really good. Um, and Traore comes out, has a goal in the second half, gets no change until he goes off. But, you know, there's the makings of a really good, solid back four there with Trent coming back in now, where we shouldn't really have the concerns that everybody thought we'd had when, when we got the diagnosis on Virgil's issue. Yeah, I mean, as Neil said, like, Fabinho not conceded a goal from open play. Him and Massive have never conceded a goal when they've played since half. That goes back to the the buying game in the Champions League a couple of years ago when Verge was suspended, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and we played them and they didn't concede a goal. Um, I think that was out in the Allianz as well. Uh, no, it was a nil nil at home, I think, wasn't it? Or was it? Yeah. Van Dijk plays that past the Mane in the Allianz. Sorry, yeah. It was Massive's own goal in the Allianz, wasn't it? When he stumbled over the ball. Yeah, but that's all yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, never, never mind. He, he does these funny things, Massive. He's, he's, <laughs> we'd be lost without him in many ways. He's pure entertainment, especially on his video clips on social media. I think there was one tonight when he gave a foul away and he, he does that thing where he puts his arm to the side and looks so unhappy like the world just fell apart. But you, you can live with the guy who's funny. Um, but bringing it back to the back four and just Nico with, I think it is a foul and a yellow card, but not two minutes in, because um, he does pull the lad back. And I think the ref was a bit hasty there to give him a yellow. And I think he, he maybe feared the worst than Nico himself. Like I've now got to walk the tightrope, but as you have both said, he he managed the game well. He got through it, and I think he only purely come off because. Trent was coming on and just to give Trent some minutes and I don't know how it's going to work midweek I think we might just touch on that at the end for the last five minutes but you know you've got you've got an option there now do you do you go and give Trent a start in midweek and get some minutes under his belt or do you just let him train for a full week and you don't have to send him out there and I mean it's up to clock what he does with the groups won the points are in the bag so that's a that's a nice situation to have where we've got two players in one position and we've got it on the other side with Simicas and Robertson and I imagine Simicas goes to that game given the the couple of knocks that Robertson's had but as a backline and I think we said it before the pod those two in the middle there is no one else in the Premier League you'd swap them for like genuinely they're, they're a solid partnership at the back as what you'd say Gomez and Van Dijk were and they're our backup centre half but there is nobody else in the league who you'd say I'd swap them for Fabinho and Matip there is nobody and it's a credit to credit to our squad that we've got that and if you take a step back from all the fears that we all had when Virgil went down injured then even more fears when Gomez went out injured and I know we're we're on a, a very thin line in terms of managing minutes for Matip and Fabinho gets the occasional injury, but he's a bit more robust than massive. We've just got to get through what we can get through with them. But I think there's games, 
even if you just look what's ahead of us now, you don't have to play one of them next week against Fulham. You can bring that Phillips back in. You'd imagine Reese Williams and big Billy Camesio probably start midweek because that's a dead rubber. So in theory, you can rest the lads until we play Spurs and say, OK, well, one of you is going to get a run out against Fulham. Or be it, you might get 65 minutes and then the other one comes on and gets 25 minutes and then you've both got your legs ticked over and you're into the Spurs game because... Guess what? We've we've started to get the signs of the squad back, and I know it's it it's a bit of a thing to say, and I'm, I'm touching Woody as we're saying it, but we're starting to look a little bit stronger now, and just a couple of players coming back in in Trent and Naby tonight, and Ox is not too far away. Do you got you got the rotation in the front line with Jota? You know, we we're starting to look a little bit stronger than what we were, and that's only a good thing going into what is perceived as the busiest time of the season in, in the Christmas period so you know it's all going in the right direction for us you, you can't really complain especially with the back line keeping a clean sheet against what some see as possibly a lively attacking team with Wolves I know they were missing Jimenez but those three lads up front they've got movement they've got a bit of pace and we, we just pushed them aside like they didn't even come to, to play tonight and that's a credit to what we put out there yeah, absolutely. Chief, it's <clears throat> just to stay on the centre half conversation for, for a minute here. Um it is the sixth of December as we're recording. There's really only a handful of you know half of the games until January. Really Spurs is the only one you're looking there with any real concern because they've got a bit of form. Kane and Son are absolutely on fire and, and it's Mourinho and you know what he does he comes he makes things horribly difficult for for, for opposition teams especially good teams um, but given where we are given you know Fabinho and Madam's partnership given Nat Phillips recent performances do you see us dipping in in January and if so what sort of a signing do you do you think we might make That's a, it's an incredibly difficult one. If you'd asked me a month ago, I think you probably did, and I said, yeah, we'll definitely need signings, certainly in the WhatsApp group. I've been saying, that, you know, going back a few weeks that we would need signings. I haven't seen what's transpired. It's certainly not as urgent as it, you know, as the situation may have seemed back then. Having said that, you know, there always comes a point, doesn't there? There always comes a point where you you don't want to push things too far, where you know you you sort of want to quit while you're ahead on these on these things. Do I think somebody like Nat Phillips, for example, has a has a real future for Liverpool? Probably not. He's he's you know he's he's coming. He's done a great job, and he he probably continue to perform admirably. When called upon, but in the long term, he's not really an option. He's he's really been a been an emergency, a go to. Someone like Reese Williams. Well, we obviously we obviously have a lot of faith in him, but he's he's quite far off being properly properly ready. Um, so how many games do you really want to be forced into into um using these these lads? Uh, uh, that's where you're. You know where it becomes a question of um, 
then how long is it going to be before the recognised centre backs come back into proper contention? Um, you know, word this week that Van Dyke's back at the, you know amongst the training, uh, you know among, amongst the lads anyway, and um, you know that things aren't necessarily as bad as first thought and stuff. But if if both lads, if both if both Joe Gomez and Verger are out definitely for the full season and potentially longer, then I think you you probably are looking at having to go into the transfer market. Um, and whether that's moving something forward in January that you were possibly planning for the summer just to get someone in and bed it in quicker, or whether you're just, whether you hedge your bets until the summer but make sure you, you, you make your move then, I'm not. I'm not sure, um, but they will be behind the scenes. They'll know exactly what they're doing um, and what they want to do. But certainly, it's not a for me. It's not now uh, an absolute emergency, especially when you look around the Premier League and realise that there isn't, without wanting to sound arrogant or or dismissive of other clubs, there may well be competition given the injuries that we've suffered, but. There's nobody there to be incredibly scared of. There's no one there where you think we can't afford to. Sl- it's not like last season where you couldn't afford to drop a point or the season before where City are over 100 points or 99 points or whatever it is. You know, they're, all teams have already dropped points and we've already stated that this is probably the weakest Premier League in terms of, of what the final points totals are going to be in, in a long time, uh, both at the top end and the bottom end. I can see, I can see the bottom three going down, all with all with under 25, 27 points. To be fair, I think it's 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 going to be a really low low one this season down there, just because of the and and I think it'll be quite low at the top, certainly compared to recent seasons, just because of the nature of of the season and the condensed fixtures and the injuries and the the lack of a preseason and and so many other things. Um, just combine into kind of shave a little bit off the the final totals this season. So I think there is there is room to potentially slip up, and therefore, given what we've seen from our backup centre backs, which I don't think any of us expected or could have even hoped for, um, I'm not convinced it's a, it's as desperate a situation as it maybe seemed a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. Yeah, it's. Jay, isn't it a difficult one? I've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks because we've mentioned how good those two guys are and there's two things to consider if you're going to dip into the market. The first thing is you're relying on those two staying fit all season and essentially particularly managing their their condition, um, which would suggest that, yeah, you do need somebody else in. The other side of the coin would tell us that if you bring someone in, what do you do? next season when Gomez and Van Dyke fucking stroll back into training, fit as fiddles. Um, what's the crack then? You know? So, I don't know. It, it maybe says to me we look at some sort of some sort of loan deal, something like that. Not, not Stephen Cocker, but <laughs> you, you know, 
maybe maybe somebody who's out of favour. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Um, maybe looking at looking at a team given the current situation that are maybe struggling financially and saying, listen, let, don't I'll, do loans, don't do. I mean, have we not necessarily. Really, these, really. These are unprecedented times, and I think you're 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 considering a transfer based on two long term injuries, which is not something we've had to do before. Um, because if if it's from what I heard tonight, um, Fabinho was already being coached as a centre half before Virgil's injury. That was all yeah. already that was already something that had been in the in the pipeline with Klopp, which which suggested they'd absolutely no desire to go into the market for centre half in the summer, despite what everybody was saying. So, you know, I'm just I'm just thinking to myself. Given especially the number of midfielders that we have, I don't know. Um, I think I, maybe I think we sign two over the next six months. Two centre halves. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 the way I see it is, you said you can't rely on massive. We all know that. So that, in theory, leaves with one senior centre half because it is inevitable. Massive will will pick up a knock even. Even if it's two to three weeks, that could be five, six games, the way this season's working out. And that could fall at a crucial time for us. You just don't know. Um, I know Fabinho's had a couple of injuries, but I think that was purely down to the overload of minutes that he played and a hamstring tweak knocked him back for three weeks. Could be the same with Massive, and I would be very, very careful with him. Um, but... Gomez's injury, if it's a patella tendon injury, which it's supposedly reported as being, um, medically, top professional athletes, only 27% of them come back and perform at the level they were playing at. And that's, I mean, playing across all sports at the very top level. So the chances of Gomez coming back and being the Gomez that we've had, and I know he's a young lad, it's a one in four chance, twenty-seven percent. It's a big risk. Um, Matip, we can't rely on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he moved on next summer, and that's why I, I see you signing two. I see one coming in in January and one coming in the summer. I think the way all media outlets are reporting it and people from various sources. One of the lads from Leipzig is is likely, whether it be Upa Meccano next summer when his release causes around about forty million, or whether it be Kanate January or the summer, which you're probably looking at around forty to fifty million. I don't think we sign both of them, but I think we sign one. Um, I could see us maybe dipping into the market for a younger centre half, maybe someone around the the twenty one range in January. Or it could be the other end of the market where we go and sign a, a 31, 32-year-old a la Ragnar Clavin. A, a Clavin, yeah. And just, just get by for 18 months. If we bring in, for example, we bring in a Clavin-esque player that allows you to get through the end of this season, it would allow you to free up Matip to move on. Where We would probably have a resale value. And if you look at players in the past, we, we've missed out on a resale value with Divock Origi. Like we, we could have shifted him for 25 million after the Champions League final. We'd be lucky to get 10 to 12 million for Divock Origi now because he's just plummeted in value. 
Joe Massive the same after the Champions League final. We were never going to sell him then, but that's when he was maximising his value. If he maintains a fitness level, we could maximise a profit on him for the lads we got for nothing from Schalke. Um, and that then could go in turn to, to pay off. If you if you maximise Massive's value and get between 15 to 20 million and you're signing Uber Makano or Kanati for 40 to 50 million, then you're talking 40%, 35% of that transfer fee offset by massive sale and you're signing a lad who's a lot younger. So it's kind of looking business and financial and long term, but I think we do get one in January. I think it'll either be a really young prospect who we can sort of keep as a backup to those two lads and bring in and out, or it'll be an elder statesman who's reliable and he'll just come in and, and fill in the gaps for us. Well, a lad from Ajax interests us, doesn't he? he I, I don't like him. For us, he's got no pace. Sure? Is that what you call him? Pace shows. I just yeah. don't think he's got the pace for the way we play. I know Manny's electric, but Manny turned him inside out numerous occasions. And I think the way we play our high line, I know we've dropped a little bit, but I just think he, he would just get exposed. And there's a lot of talk about your man Kabak. I don't. I don't know enough. I know you might know more watching the Bundesliga. I but I don't this know is, the, is this the lad of Schalke? But Schalke have been so poor. And they're rock bottom of the league, aren't so they? With is it three points. It's really, really hard to judge him because he's playing and he's playing in a team that's sinking like a stone. So it's it's but difficult. Again, you could say the same about Robertson or Hull. Yeah. And they well, this is they, this is something we're particularly good at, and you know that is, it's interesting that you mentioned that because that gives me a lovely little segue into Jeannie Wijnaldum, yeah. another player who was playing in a team that was stinking the place out. Um, got relegated, in fact. Got yeah. relegated, yeah. You know, picked them up for for twenty million, which let's be honest, for what he's given us is absolutely nothing, and for what we're <laughs> and for what we're paying him is even. Less than that, Rob, probably what we're paying him. Oh, I think seventy grand a week or something. And given what some of those other lads are on, it, it really is scandalous. And again tonight, he, he chief, he's he's he just he's it's, losses. He's he's perpetually available. He does everything right. He's one of the most intelligent footballers I think he's ever, he's ever I've ever seen. And this phantom um, tag has you know. Uh, been circled around his name for quite some time, um, which I've always found absolutely hilarious. And gives, a, it, it, it gives me, it gives you a really good insight into people who understand football and understand don't, or well, people who understand football and don't understand football. 100%. But you know, a, a goal tonight of the utmost quality. He's bursting forward. It's a great pass from Henderson, who also has a great game. He curls it. Just oh, it's just magnificent. Um, and he's, you know, we're all we're all suggesting that he's probably going to go um, in the summer. But I think the interesting thing is, Klopp says he wants him to stay. Um, he, he said he wants him to sign a contract. Gini was very evasive on on the very direct question. He was asked um, by Gabriel Clark after the game. But I'm looking at I'm looking I'm looking around Europe, um, and I'm thinking where is he going to go? Barcelona were the ones that were touted to be interested in the summer. They're in a financial mess. 
they're a mess off the pitch, on the pitch. I know elections are coming up and they're going to they're going to appoint a new president, but that does not, you know, doesn't resolve the financial problems that they've got themselves in with Messi's contract, the signings of the signings of Coutinho, Griezmann, Dembele that haven't really worked out to the level that they they have done. They've, Jay talked about resale value earlier on. There's absolutely no resale value um, on any of those players, given Griezmann's age. Dembele's now out again for uh, and probably ridiculous length of time with another hamstring injury. And Coutinho's uh, reputation has has taken an absolute dive. So, you know, are we looking at are we looking at you know Bayern Munich? Is he going to get paid that much more? At Bayern, are we looking? Are we looking to Italy? Juventus used to do this thing, but they're completely overstocked in that area of the pitch as it is, and they have problems even trying to get players off their books. So, you know, what's the what is the future for Gini Wijnaldum? Because it, in any other in any other time, given the way football is, that this would be prime for him just to pick up a lovely big fat contract with no transfer fee and go to a really big club across across Europe but things aren't really as they were with the likes of the Real Madrid and the Barcelonas you know does he want to go to PSG I wouldn't think so given his ambition so you know what happens with Genie well there are one or two clubs in Europe that are on the rise again uh, perhaps one or two fallen or if not fallen giants and maybe sleeping giants, AC Milan might be an interesting opportunity for him if they came knocking. They're going places at the moment. Um, but you're absolutely right. The traditional powerhouses are not so attractive. Barcelona will be in a, com- a completely different situation next season, and and the connect the Cuman connection will probably be broken, which will mean it's unlikely that. Um, that Jeannie Wijnaldum will be the first name on the new manager's wish list, nor on the new president's wish list, depending on who that's going to be. But no matter whom that does turn out to be, I, I doubt that Jeannie Wijnaldum not being the glamour name is going to be number one on, on the wish list there. Um, it seems to me most likely or more than likely that perhaps he resigns at Liverpool, given the current state of the world and football in general. Um, and given his um, clear and obvious um, position within the squad, the fact that he's such an integral part and component of everything that's been been done. He's played more minutes, I think, under Klopp, or certainly he's up in the top three um, most minutes under Klopp since since most most, mid, most midfielder. Yeah, uh, and you know this this season I think he's played more minutes than any other player again, and he's a player that everyone thought was was maybe going to go in the summer. Thank God he didn't. <laughs> given given the injuries we've had, fuck knows where we'd be if if Genie had, had not been by our side, and you know um, small mercies and all that. In the end, I mean, to be honest, your question's a good one. Because, but then that alludes to the wider state of, of football um, and where it's going to be in a season um, at the at the end of the season or in a year's time. 
Um, a lot of big ructions happening around the leagues in, in terms of power shifts, um, fallen giants, uh, money problems, elections, COVID being a big issue, obviously the big issue at the moment. So so it's a time of, of upheaval and a time of turmoil. And given that backdrop, he might just think I'm better off sticking with what I know and, and being somewhere where I know I'm making a difference. There's a contract on the table there and, and it really is the grass so much greener on the other side, especially, well, where there's less likelihood these days of getting such a big golden handshake even, if, you know, for signing on fee or, you know, going on a free and, and all the rest of it. So it'll just it'll just come down to who is actually in the market. But if he was looking for pastors now, if he was, perhaps a, perhaps an AC Milan might be a, might be an attractive location. But as you rightly say, the Barcelonas, the Real Madrids, I don't think Bayern Munich are going there, to be quite honest. Um, they don't really shop at that end of the market. It's more so, you know, you're, you're 19 to 23, 24-year-olds, isn't it? Well, absolutely, and and if not, then then perhaps perhaps a twenty five, twenty six year old who's just going to hit prime, but but not necessarily a thirty one year old central midfielder with a lot of miles on the clock. Um, and that's the thing; he's got the fitness. He's he can prove that game in, game out. But statistically, he's got a lot of miles on the clock. He's got a lot of games, and you know, to be honest, someone like a Juve would would in years gone by would have been absolutely ideal. But as you rightly say, they've kind of fucked up in recent years and they're a little bit overstocked and a little bit fucked on FFP and all the rest of it. So um, the options are limited probably, but, you know, who wants him to go? Nobody really. He's he's put in a, an absolute colossal performance tonight. He's gotten us through against Barcelona and won us our, our, our first Champions League since 2005. And um, you know he's he's been an ever present in the team that's won the league uh, for the first time since 1990. Uh, so you know I'm quite happy if he stays. I hope there's no one that that, that can take him. Yeah, Jay, it's you know one person who's certainly not going to want him to leave be Nico Williams um, because he does him all kinds of favors tonight, and that just goes to show. You know, you 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 watch you watch them play at Newcastle, and you know I, I thought he would go in and play in that front three. Um, whenever I saw him play against Newcastle or playing playing for Newcastle, you see him when he goes for Holland. But then, it, but then it's just this guy who's literally you know, he's, he's David Platt. He's a goal scoring attacking midfielder, and then you shove him into this like multifunctional midfield role, and he's doing everything perfectly to support his inexperienced fullback on a yellow card against one of the fastest things on two legs that the planet has ever seen. And, <laughs> and you know, it's, again, just shows the absolute intelligence of the footballer. And, you know, we signed Thiago at roughly the same age, you know, on a probably a handsome contract you think it would make sense to do the same to Jamie? of course sign it whatever he wants give me it's as simple as that and Beryl might not like me for saying this but for me he's the modern day Cladden Seedorf because he's such an intelligent player 
and he can it's a really good comparison anywhere over that park anywhere and I I didn't see much of Seidorf but like just when you seen him in that Milan team he ran the midfield at times and the, there is games where Ginny just runs the game you can't get the ball off him like he's, he's got that ability to just stick his arse into someone turn and he's gone and it was nice tonight to see the Dutch Ginny Wijnaldum that we've all seen at international level where he can break forward and score goals but he can do so much I, I doubt there's a player who's more football intellectually clever than him in our squad because he just knows what to do and where to be I mean, maybe Thiago but we've not seen enough of him in a red shirt as of yet I just just to just one that if I th- I honestly think if you had eleven genie one albums you 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 wouldn't do bad. Oh yeah, you you because you wouldn't get the ball off them. Pretty much every <laughs> no. I I, I think he's the sort of player that Guardiola would salivate over. Oh yeah, you know what and Pep would do to have genie Aldum on his side. I just I back to the point of where I don't see where he would go and. It could only be for money. That that's the only reason I could see him going because, oh, unless he he wants a new challenge of a new league, but I just don't see why he would like because he's playing at the best team in the world. Yeah, I think with I think with players at, at, in this sort of, I think this sort of thing is it's a status thing more than anything else and it's not about the money per se it's not about i need to earn this much money do you know, like normal people mm-hmm. go i you know i could really do with an extra fucking couple of hundred pound coming into the bank account a month it's more so i think where does his salary reflect his position within the hierarchy of the squad and at the club absolutely not not at all no, no it no. doesn't but i i think i think that is i think that's the main motivation here you know, for him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I get, I get your points. I mean, just look at the midfield around him. I would, I would guess only Curtis is in less than him. I would, I would guess. I, I mean, but without I actually having a quick look, I, I could find I don't out. Think he's had a bump at all, has he? He's still on no, the contract. I'm sure he's on rough. Yeah. I mean, seventy grand a week is not to be sniffed at for anyone's money, but. In terms of like even Milner, who's a very much a a bit past as and when player. Milner's getting twice that. Milner's on 150 a week, isn't he? Lalana when he was there, he he was on big money. Nabi's on big money as Nabi, well. Nabi, Thiago, Henderson, Keita, they're all on more money than him, and he's the only one who's performing. Not in performing, he's, he's, he's suiting up every week and going out. And yeah, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's there. I'm sure he's there. I'm sure he's looking at Naby Keita going, that boy gets like fucking, you know, 50% more than me, and he plays about a third of the minutes. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe he, the only ones you could say you could look at is go Henderson, captain, yeah, deserves it. Milner, probably not. He's also a professional, but doesn't deserve the money he's on. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. I think I think I think players might look at Milner and say that he does. You know. Yeah, I mean, but you paid to play. Yeah, in terms of appearances, he's not. You know, it, it's it's one of them. 
Jeannie can realistically look at that and say, I should be on double what I'm on. Yeah, because the, the aim of the game is like, you pay to do a job and the job is to play football. The job is to not be the the good guy around the dressing room. That's that that's an additional that's bonus. bonus. Yeah. Like he, he's he's got a, like if he's he's if he's gone knocking on the door and said, I want 140, 150 grand a week and he's been laughed out the office by whoever deals with this, whether it's Edwards, whether it's Michael Gordon, whoever. Uh, is it even Michael Gordon? Mike Gordon, yeah. Mike Gordon, yeah. If it's him who deals with stuff like that, if they've laughed not the office, and he's gone, what 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 do I do? And he can only then go back on the office door and say, look what I'm giving to you. And if yeah, he walk, if he walks away at the end of the season for free, nobody can have any complaints because it's on the club. If they've not given what he deemed he wanted for the performances he's given us over the last three years, especially. We've got it's nobody one, else to blame but ourselves. Totally, but it's one of them at the same time where the club can say, you know, if they if they if they decide that they don't want to commit to another four years or three years at 150 grand a week or whatever it is, it's one that they can write off and say, we we got him for 20 million. He's given us five seasons. He's given us a Champions League. He's given us a league. We've we've had every penny out of Gene Wijnaldum. We're not. Oh there. yeah, but you they know, have so. given Milner contract of the contract over the last two years. Yeah, that, yeah. That's where it falls. That down. that, that you know that's I mean? where it falls down because yeah. it's it's comparable that Milner is now what thirty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's what he's got five years on Ginny, four years on Ginny. I think Ginny just turned thirty recently. If if he's going in and asking for four. But then the club then give him free at Milner's money. That 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 for me is fair. Yeah, it's a difficult one because uh, you know I can kind of understand the club's perspective that if you're gonna if you're gonna maybe it's the length of the contract and, and again we don't know if it's money. Maybe 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 the club are offering him two years. Maybe they're offering him three years and he wants four. He wants five. Maybe maybe that's what it is. But I can kind of understand doubling his wages from you know you're, you're paying him. 70 grand a week from from ages what 20 25 26 to 30 31 and then you're going to pay him double that from 30 31 to 35 it, it doesn't make them. sense that doesn't make now that doesn't make business sense no but you'd think that you, you know i don't know it, it's 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 a it's a and it's i a think real, that's where we are yeah but I even even again if you bring it back too. to resale value if you give them a four-year contract even and in two years' time, there's probably still a resale value on Ginny Wijnaldum, but you'll get your money back on what you paid for. Probably, probably. Yeah, I think. Well. I think the I mean, thing is though that the resale value and and transfer fees are not really the big issue. Wages are the big issue. That's the biggest drain on football clubs annually. You know, that's where the big deficit in their budgets come from. Um, it's it's wages. Over the over the course of the whole squad, so they'll try to make cuts everywhere they can. And they'll it's try probably to... one of them where they go. Do you want to? You, you you basically got the, the the choice on this one. Either we we commit to Juni one album for three years on 150, 160k a week, or you're looking at a new midfielder. Those wages are freed up for a new midfielder for you. Yeah, and you go and sign that midfielder on Juni one album's current wage of seventy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So look, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. It's it's a uh, it's it's 
it's a difficult one. I think we're we're wanting we're wanting the contract, and we think he get the contract, and it's it's more on affection than business, really. That's, what, that's, what is amazing is that no matter even in the midst of the uncertainty about his future, he's just putting in performance after performance after performance. Yeah, well, I, you know what, I, I can actually understand that because you know if he's not going to sign that contract, he's looking for something somewhere else. So you know well, that that's that for me is not a surprise. But listen, whatever it may be, it's 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 a joy to have. Because it's, yeah, it's, it's it's it can only be good for us. You're absolutely right. Um, and you know, you, uh, do you want to see his name on the team sheet every week? Absolutely. But listen, let's 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 get on to just let's quickly touch on on the goalkeeper before we move to the midweek game. Um, Kelleher comes in um, and I think to be fair given the, the Adrian insecurities that we all have now I think there's, there's not really there wasn't really much concern about having, having the young lad in there tonight and that was made less even less of a concern after, after the way he played against Ajax and again tonight it's you know Chief it's a uh, it's such an assured performance. He makes a couple of really good saves. Um, you know, there's one low down to his near post. He saves his legs. It's away out of the box. There's the great save from from the opponent's chip. Um, great footwork to get himself back and claw it away. And he's good with his feet. Some great takes from crosses. Another one he flicks away. And, you know, you often see young goalkeepers come in and, you know, you know deep down, they're never really going to make it. He's literally there because he's there instead of, you know, signing a 40-year-old Richard Wright to sit on the bench. You know, that, that that's essentially why they're there. But in the, the small sample size of evidence that we have, this kid looks like this kid looks like he has something about him. He's come on so much since that League Cup game last season. Where he gets embarrassed, it's unbelievable. He was he was assured against. I think assured's the right word. He was assured against Ajax in the week, and he's backed it up again tonight. It's two clean sheets in two games against no mugs. You know, Wolves are Wolves are a good team. We, we talked about the Jimenez issue, and that aside, they're they're a good team. Um, they cause you problems. Ajax as well, and he's commanded his area. He's good with his feet. He's made a couple of top saves uh, in each game, and I think you're right. I think he, I, I, it's hard to tell whether you know off 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 a couple of games how far he can go, but he certainly looks at the moment like a like a very accomplished number two for us which is a lot more than you would have been saying a month ago about him. Um, and I think that's that's fair. I think that's all, all the credit you can give him. I think he's come in, he's done really well. I think the main reason that he's starting is because I think Adrian's burnt everyone's head out. I think that's fans, that's players, that's managers as well. Um, and I don't think there's a future for him at the club, but it's a credit to Kelleher that... We're not sitting here going, what the hell are we going to do? We've no second choice keeper. 
we're relying on a kid. He's coming. He's made a couple of mistakes. You know, he's coming. He's, like I said, he's had two clean sheets in Champions League and the Premier League, and we've won both the games. So it's a great start for him. He's done really well. He's improved magnificently. He seems very, very humble, very, very uh, down to earth, not getting ahead of himself at all. And I think you know that's all all you can ask for because. I think Adrian got in his own head and, you know, got a little bit caught up with everything. And I think you just need, I think we just need a a cool head and someone who's who's just going to be planted very, very firmly on the ground and take each game as it comes, basically. So I'm not going to head himself. He's not a world beater yet. But he's done really, really well, and uh, fair play to him. And um, you've, you've no, as you said, after the game against Ajax, you had no qualms about him in, being in between the sticks tonight. And he's had another very accomplished game. So if he has to play again against uh, the Danes on on Wednesday, as we're going to come on to talk about, then you've no problem with him doing that either. Yeah, Jay, it's uh, as Steve says, it's just another really good performance from him, um, Adrian. I don't think it does him any good to play him at the minute, realistically. Um, I think he's probably walking out there going, oh, fuck, do you know what? I'd actually, just, I'd actually just rather be in the house. I'd rather be in the house because I know what's going to happen and it's going to be something dreadful. But, you know, I think, as Steve said there, I think he's now established himself as as, as Liverpool's number two. And given Adria, or given Alisson being remarkably injury prone for a goalkeeper uh, you know I'm feeling a whole lot better about that situation now of course yeah um, just his performance tonight alone like just coming out and claiming crosses not punching or flapping at them and like the, the saves is what is bread and butter for the keeper you, you expect keepers to to make the majority of the saves in the game and the ones he did make, fair play down at his near post. Um, the one where he had to track back into Pedence, I don't think Adrian makes that because it, it's the quickness of feet. Um, I said that in midweek, the one where it was straight at him and know it was offside, but where it was straight at him, I think we all would have feared that Adrian's soft wrists would have let, let that in. But I think it's just his commanding of his area where he, he, he's going to come out and there was one, I think it might have been from a cross, where he weren't going to be able to claim it, but he just made a decision that he was going to get a hand on it and just tip it over, and you knew it was it was clear than anyone else coming into the box, and it carried on out for a throw-in. Just, you just feel comfortable with him in goal, and it's different when there's 55, 56,000 fans there, and the ball goes back to the keeper, and there's that anxiousness of, is he going to flap it, or is he going to kick it and clear it? He was clearing it tonight on his right and his left, and he just seems comfortable. Now, it's very early days. It's two games in a week where he's kept two clean sheets. As you said earlier on, a year ago, he was a boy. He now looks like a man. Um, But I think Adrian's now probably looking around going, or on the phone to his agent going, any chance in January of getting me out of here? Because... The way this kid's performed over the last week, he's firmly nailed down as number two spot for me. And I don't think Adrian would have an argument to say, 
can I be number two again? Because he's had multiple chances, and I think the more he plays, the more anxious he gets, and the more anxious the backline gets. So if this is the future, so be it. But yeah, he, he I, would, I wouldn't push Allison back. I really wouldn't. I'd give I'd give Kelleher the next two games. I really would. Yeah, so let's look. The Midland Chief, um, the, the groups, the groups won. It's all it's all uh, roses and sunshine um, in the Champions League. So, who do we send out there? Yeah, well, it's going to be a, a skeleton crew, isn't it? Um, so, I mean, you're looking at uh, I think Jay referenced earlier, maybe Billy Camelio going out there. Looking at Reese Williams, you're looking at Costas, Simicus, Kelleher again. Uh, Phillips. Probably Nico Williams. Uh, Phillips isn't registered, so he can't. Oh, he's not, of course. So Disappointing for him, because he'd definitely be getting the game. Yeah, you're probably looking at Kumenio and, and, and Williams there at centre-back. Then midfield. Midfield's interesting. You, you're probably looking at... Uh, Probably looking at, at youth, youth players, to be honest. Um, I think the likes of a Clarkson. A Clarkson maybe gets a game. A Glatzel. Glatzel is a Glatzel. Glatzel. Maybe coming in there somewhere. Um, up front, you expect Menomino to play, probably. Um, Big Divi. You'd imagine a Divi, absolutely. We'll, we'll get a game. If Shaq has any degree of fitness, he'll probably get a run out. <laughs> I hope so, Chief. Yeah, I know. And I don't know what, what his situation is. Obviously, he was back in for a while, but he seems to be out again. He hurt, him, he hurt himself um, He hurt himself in for Switzerland in the last international break, so that'll oh, be him okay. in February, probably. Oh, shit, okay. Until the I next don't... international break, he'll be back for that. Yeah, so it's one of them where it's it's really, really, uh, it's really the, the bare bones going out there. Um, but, you know, we've earned that, and they've earned that. You know, it's it's chance for them to play, and they're playing for Liverpool in the Champions League. And they have a chance to to win the game because obviously Mitchelland are the um, are the weakest team in the group, and um, therefore you know it's not like we're sending the um, the younger lads out to get battered by uh, by Real Madrid or whatever. So um, so yeah, it's it's. I mean, for me, it's just two things. One, I'm going to be really happy switching that TV on and watching. And seeing no recognised first team players out there, because I'll be happy in the knowledge that they're getting six or seven days rest uh, for the weekend, and then it's not not too hard of a game at the weekend against Fulham either. So you're looking at really a, a good break before the Spurs match. And secondly, it's always fun to watch a, a real second string team play when you don't know half the players. Um, so yeah. I'd be I'd be well into that, and um, I don't really care what the result is. Obviously, you always want to win, but it's it's more about, as I said, looking at that team sheet and and being satisfied that we're playing the kids and we're playing the fringe players because we've done our job, we're top of the group, and we're where we want to be. Yeah, it's uh, you know you talk about the the rest of the next game, but I think when we when we talk about players getting a rest, we only ever look to the next game. But actually, you know, you want what you're trying to do is you're trying to add all these rest days up over the course Together, of the season. Yeah. You know, you're trying to add, you're trying to get them any way you can, um, because you don't know when you're going to have to, you know, burn these guys out. You don't know when you're going to have to just say to 
say to Jamie Wijnaldum, go again, go again, go again, go again. And um, so you want you want to accumulate these any at any any chance possible, Jay. And you know, given that you, you don't expect you don't expect much different than what what Chief would say. And I think the other thing that's pertinent here is that you know Mitchelland are going to finish bottom of the group. There's no chance of them even making the UEFA Cup. So. I think they'll be looking at us going there. I'm not going to bring bring the 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 big guns. So, you know, we've got our own domestic issues here. You don't expect them to send out the first team either, do you? Probably not. No. The, I mean, the only other two names I'd throw in the mix is, is Trent and Naby because they're coming back. Maybe even Ox. I, I mean, I don't know how far away he is. Like, you get minutes in there, lads' legs. Like, if you give. Even if you give Trent 45, the old half-time sub that's well used in the Champions League, and give Nico 45, if you give the same to Naby 45, and then you, you bring on Clarkson or whoever, I maybe even Curtis goes out there as well, just for for the sake of minutes. And if you give Naby 45 and Curtis 45, and you just manage the minutes and you, you give them time on the pitch, um. Other than that, there probably there probably is no one else. Sepp Vandenberg maybe might get a get an appearance. I don't know. I don't know who else have we got. Um, just having a little look through the through the through the academy list now. Joe Hardy, I don't know if he's still around. Um, Liam Miller, you know, there's these lads who've been around the the, the club for years. Maybe they might just get an appearance that put. Puts them on the map to get a move in January. I don't know, um, but other than than what Chief said, I, I don't think that there's much room for for movement. There might be a couple of kids who who just go out there purely for the experience. Who were in the 23s or the 18s who've done well and they just get a seat on the plane and a seat on the bench. But it's a dead rubber, um, and as you say, it'd just be nice to just sit back and watch a game and not give a fuck about the result because. We're through, and what will be will be. I don't know if the draws this Friday for the Champions League. Um, I'd have to check that, but we're top of the group. We'll get whoever we get. I think we discussed this on Wednesday. There's there's a few teams you'd want. There's a few you might want to avoid, but so be it. It's, it's the Champions League. You've got to play the best to win it. Yeah, absolutely. And every team we play and we knock out, that's them out of the run too. So. Lads, thanks for joining me. Um, we'll look at Midland during the week to see the uh, tea ladies, etc. run out. But un- un- until then... Uh, they're from accounts. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, get them all out. Get them all out. Get the... Get Mickey the, Edwards uh, in the right wing. <laughs> I, 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 no, I'd, I'd pay good money to see that. I would. I'd pay he didn't play for Portsmouth, didn't he? He played for Portsmouth. I think he age. did. He did. That's all right. Yeah, we'll put him out there. Even right back. I don't mind. No, let Williams play. So, until Midtjylland, um, thanks for joining us. And up the Queen Kelleher clean sheet reds. 